Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by Invoice to Go. I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today we're speaking with Dr. Holly Schomberger, a freelance chiropractor who went back into university for a second degree to pursue her passion. In this episode, Holly will discuss how she became a doctor, how to freelance as a medical professional, and how you can improve your own posture despite the hours you're currently pouring over your computer for your job or business. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Holly, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. So you are calling in from sunny Hawaii. <laughs> Jealous. I am. I mean, it's nighttime here now, but yes, generally speaking, it's very sunny here. So how many rainbows or double rainbows did you see today? <laughs> Two, actually. But in one day, the record, the record is 10. One morning, my wife and I left the house and she saw 10 and she was driving at the time, so it's kind of epic that she was able to see all of them. Wait, but what? This is a thing? Ra- yeah. yeah, there's so many ten. rainbows in Hawaii. I really? don't know why. Do you know why? Why? Um, probably something that has to do with physics and <laughs> things I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was visiting a friend out there the first time, you know, and I was like, oh my God, look at that rainbow. And he looked over at me because he'd been living there for a few years. Yeah. And he said, oh, it's only impressive if it's, if it's a double rainbow here. <laughs> I was like, what? Snobby rainbow. Right. He's like, it's so funny. He's like a really masculine guy in the military too. And he's like a rainbow aficionado. It's lovely. I love it. That's funny. So we are super impressed with you. Um, you are our first medical doctor that we've had on the podcast. Dr. Holly Schomberger. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So, and yes. you are a, a chiropractor contractor. So explain Correct. to us how that works. Sure. So depending on where you are in the world, um, a lot of places, chiropractors can be freelancers or independent contractors, however you, whatever term you want to use. And essentially that means that you're doing a one woman, one man, one person show, whatever, whatever pronouns you want to use. Mm-hmm. And you are essentially contracting yourself out to a certain practice to be a chiropractor there and provide care. Um, in some places it can mean that you are responsible for bringing all of your clientele and all of your patients into that practice. Uh-huh. It's kind of like you're renting space out from them to be there. Gotcha. Um, in, in other parts of the world, it might just mean that they're literally contracting you to come in and they're paying you a salary to come in and see the people that they already have in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it, it just kind of depends. And the reason for that is chiropractic law, um, is actually different in different parts of the world. Like in some countries, the U S Canada, I believe Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the degree is a doctorate. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a post undergrad degree. And in, um, the UK and Europe, and other parts of the world, it's a five-year master's. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, the, yeah, the the laws, the laws, and the the just kind of how all of the logistics work with that, yeah, uh, can become different depending on where you're living and where you're practicing. Okay. So, how did you become a chiropractor slash contractor? Cool. So, 
I have been seeing a chiropractor since I was 11 years old. My okay. mom was a, a, a professional dancer uh-huh. and she had been under chiropractic care for a lot of her life for prevention and staying healthy. And so she put my sister and I under care when we were young and, mm-hmm. oh. um, I started really seriously playing sports okay. all through my teenage years and like contact sports. Yeah. Like what kind of sports? Yeah. I was so <laughs> like, what sport did I not play? It's kind of crazy, <laughs> but I did like swim and dive team. I had a black belt in Taekwondo by the time I was nine. Cool. I That's so played basketball, amazing. baseball, softball, oh swim my team, God. dive team, tennis. Like you're like the girl like, I wanted to be, dude. I, like I, <laughs> I was, can't, I, I can't see out of one of my eyes. So I'm such a shit player of oh, any dang. sport. Like That's it so just, it doesn't see anything. So I always wanted to be good at sports and I could never do it, man. Like I'm so <laughs> jealous <Whoa>. of you. <laughs> have you ever seen a chiropractor? <laughs> I don't know if they'd fix the eye, but yes, I have. Well, I, I could, I can explain how chiropractic can affect vision. We can Ooh. talk about that later. Oh, but, wow. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, chiropractic can affect anything, which is huh? the the coolest part about it. But yeah, so I was super active as a kid and then I really seriously started playing basketball and softball. And, um, I found myself just, I was a catcher too. So I was pretty beat up a lot. And, um, in high school, I just started going to my chiropractor a lot, like after weekends where we'd have like seven or eight games. And it was like, my body was just really beat up and I'd see him on Monday and it was like, by Tuesday I had a new body and I was like, okay, this is really wild. You know, I'm going to see this dude and he's doing stuff to my alignment, but like, I'm not sore the next day. My arm is like completely healed. Like what is going on here? So, um, I just, I just thought it was really interesting and really fascinating. And then when I was 18, I actually suffered a brain injury from catching. I had a lot of concussion issues and Um, I was playing softball in college and I had to quit and I had to drop out of school and I was in the hospital for a week. I almost went into a coma. It was, it was really bad. Yeah. It was, it was really crazy. And, um, I was kind of on bed rest for like a good six months and on like eight different medications to help me with like anxiety and vertigo and migraines. And then I was depressed because I was (laughs) on all these medicate, you know, it was kind of like one thing after another. And then. I went and saw my chiropractor because I had cramps, like menstrual cramps and getting adjusted helped with that. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I'm going to go see him. And I showed up to his office and I shared with him basically everything that had happened to my brain and just kind of, you know, my whole life because I hadn't seen him in a year because I'd been away at college. Yeah. And um, at this point, I've known him for like nine years and he's kind of like my my like uncle almost. Um, I've known him over half my life, right? Yeah, and yeah. He just kind of laughed and he was like, so your, your brain and your neck got all messed up and you didn't think to come see me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I was like, no, that actually thought never actually crossed my mind. Yeah. Which is interesting because I spent so much time in his office previously and had so much relief from it. Like yeah. anything I could think of, I'd go and see him for. Yeah. So... I started seeing him basically three times a week for like four months. And what had happened was that all of the bones in my neck and all of the bones in my skull Mm -hmm. had been affected and shifted because of the sheer force of getting hit by foul tips in the mask. And, uh, but honestly, after six months of seeing him like regularly every week, like I re-enrolled back in college 
uh, like my whole life turned around. I was off all my medications, um, wow. but all of my, not all of my symptoms, but the majority of the ones went away to the point that I could basically start living my life again. How about your anxiety? Did your anxiety go away at that point? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All of it. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And, um, it was obviously a very life changing and very powerful experience. Yeah. And that kind of planted the seed of like, wow, like, yeah. I just had a miracle story basically. And then graduated from undergrad. I was like, okay, psychology, love people, love understanding people, but there's gotta be more there. And then I went to work in an orthopedic surgeon office as a medical assistant in Austin, Texas after undergrad. Mm -hmm. And I saw all these people come in with like shoulder issues and hip issues and we'd get x-rays taken of them and we'd put the x-rays up on the x-ray box and we'd view them with the, the orthopedic surgeons. And these people had like really massive, like misalignments in their hips or mm -hmm. massive misalignments in their necks. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking to myself, this person needs to go see a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really ironic because the surgeons I worked for were like four of the most well-respected surgeons in all of Texas. And I loved them. They were great. They were phenomenal at their job. They, mm -hmm. they were like everything you would want a medical professional and a surgeon to be like mm -hmm. conservative with care. And I had so much respect for them, but it got to the point where I was like, there were 40 year old people coming in being like, I need to get my hip replaced. And I was like, holy shit, Oof. that's not something you should need when you're 40, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Is that from bad posture? Like, how do you get to yeah. that? Yeah, so it can be from a number of different things. We call, in school, we learn it as the three T's, mm -hmm. thoughts, traumas, and toxins. Mm -hmm. And that's how the spine can be affected. Because essentially what chiropractic is, is the study of your brain and your spinal cord, which make up your central nervous system. Okay. And so thoughts, traumas, and toxins can kind of put extra stress or extra load on how your brain and your spinal cord work. Mm -hmm. And when the brain and the spinal cord had extra load on them, it's harder for them to do their job. Yeah. Right. And the brain and spinal cord are responsible there. I mean, it's like the, the, the conductor of your entire existence, right. Without your nervous system, mm -hmm. nothing else in your body works. Yeah. Right. So when those things are overstressed or overloaded, dysfunction can settle in. So it can, it can be something like long pot or bad posture over a long period of time. Yeah. It can be something like a car accident. Um, it's, it's kind of just from this, this model of stress and we call them like micro traumas or macro traumas, like mm -hmm. I said, so like small things over time, mm -hmm. big events, like an injury or getting in a car accident or, you know, sitting at your computer with bad posture every day for, you know, several years, like that stuff adds up. Mm -hmm. And, the more and more those things happen, the more and more stressed is placed on your nervous system. And your spine is so freaking intelligent that it will adapt in any way that it has to in order to operate optimally, in order to like function correctly. Yeah. And so that's where you can see stuff like um, scoliosis develop or other weird anomalies that people have because the spine is going to do whatever it has to in order to help you function. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can, that can look like really weird things, random, well, quote unquote, randomly happening in the body. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it just depends. It's different for everybody. Oh my God. That's so interesting. Sorry. I digressed from no, no, <laughs> the it's, journey. It's totally okay. But I mean, as, essentially the, the, the long and the short of it is after a year at the orthopedic surgeon office, I was like, 
okay, I keep thinking that everyone here should see a chiropractor. So like, <laughs> maybe I want to be a chiropractor. Um, yeah. and I, I reached out to, I found some female chiropractors in Austin who I like went into their offices and picked their brains and stuff. And they were like, dude, like you need to go to chiropractic school. And I was like, holy shit. Like I'm going to do this. Like I'm, I'm going to be a doctor. Like I'm going to help people hopefully recover from a lot of things that like similar things that I've gone through in my life. Like I'm going to be able to help provide people with hope when they're at the end of the rope and they think there's nothing else that they can do. Yeah. Wow. I was like, okay, cool. I think I can do that for the rest of my life. (laughs) It sounds like you found your greater purpose. Absolutely. That's definitely what it feels like. Oh, that's That's an amazing feeling. Yeah. (laughs) And so young too. I mean, like you're not very old when you're, I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. All this kind of happened when I was about 24. Wow. Um, and then school was four years. So I went to school at 25, graduated at 29, and then I've been out for almost a year now. So gotcha. Did, did you feel, um, yeah. there was there any part of you that felt weird about going back to school age 25? Or did you just know I need to do chiropractor, like be a chiropractor, right. I'm going to go back into it? Totally good question. So this is another weird thing about the US. I feel like it's becoming more and more of a thing where if you don't go to graduate school, you're weird. Our generation, like our parents' generation or my my parents, like you could just not have even you could have like completely just not even graduated high school and still create an yeah. amazing career. <laughs> like totally. us, like we're such an educated generation. I mean So now everyone has totally. to go to grad school. Yeah. Okay. It's wild though. I mean, especially like I grew up right outside DC where if you get a career on Capitol Hill, like you do that career for 30 years of your life and it's very, very competitive. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I have friends who had, you know, phenomenal post undergraduate educations and they were living at home with their parents because they still couldn't afford a place to live. Yeah. It's, it's just getting outrageous. So, um, Honestly, I, it was like, as soon as I knew that that was what I wanted to do, Yeah, I didn't like, that wasn't really a thing that crossed my mind. And I went to school with a bunch of people who were double my age or 10 years older than me. Like a lot of people were there doing career changes. And so it was nice kind of having that diversity in, you know, like not everyone here is 23. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, there's, there's some people here with life experience, right? right. And some of, my, nice some of the best friendships I developed were with those people. Mm. Dude, isn't it amazing to have older friends? Like it's just, 100%. it's so calming. It's like, oh wait, 100%. you know what to tell me about this situation because you've <laughs> right? been through it. Or like, wow, you have wisdom. Can I talk to you? <laughs> right. Yeah. You can talk about something yeah. other than the Kardashians. Like, holy shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I do feel yeah. like that is one Absolutely. thing that does that can put people off from doing a career change is that they feel like oh I've got to go back to study then I will be surrounded by mm-hmm. younger people so and and be a completely out of it and feel yeah, I mean yeah I had friends one actually one of my closest friends from school her name's Kristen mm-hmm. she is I think I believe in her late 30s now and um she kind of came in in, the, in in a weird situation like that. Like she was a professional musician. Like she went on tour with Kanye, with Adele. Wow. And she was, she plays the violin. Right. And she had, she moved out to San Francisco because she had an audition with the San Francisco orchestra to play violin, which is a very prestigious opportunity. And she like woke up, I don't know. It was like a month before her audition and her, 
entire right hand was like numb and she it, like seized up on her and she could she couldn't play oh and she God. was like uh nothing about this is okay like what am i gonna do yeah and yeah. she ended up seeing a chiropractor who addressed issue it was coming from her neck because the nerves in your neck run all the way down into your hand mm-hmm. huh. and she completely got full function of her hand back in less than a month and she could have gone to the audition, but it was such a life-changing experience for her that she realized she wanted to be a chiropractor. Oh so my gosh. She, yeah, she had this massive career change. And then her and her wife actually adopted um, a half Filipino, half black son, and they're white during school. So like her school experience was like all over the place. Wow. And yeah. she was a little bit on the, I mean, she's not old, obviously, but she was a bit on the older side in comparison to a lot of the other people there. Um, and I like latched onto her because I just, I felt more connected to her than I did a lot of a lot of the younger people yeah but yeah. that isn't an uncommon thing in I feel like in alternative healthcare, like yeah acupuncture school or like um osteopathy or uh becoming a naturopath like I feel like a lot of those people have some type of life-changing experience with that mm-hmm. uh, specific modality and then they choose to follow it as a passion so they go back to school yeah. So if someone's listening now and they're thinking, do you know what? I've had that experience of a chiropractor. I want to become a chiropractor, but I'm in marketing. Mm-hmm. Or anything. <laughs> or anything. anything. Yeah. What mm-hmm. what do you do? Like what do you have to study? And then how do you find clients and jobs after? Totally. So there's chiropractic schools in like definitely on every continent. I'm not sure all the exact countries. I could probably name them all if I tried, but <laughs> um you you, you just, you find a school. For me, what I did was I was like, okay, I am tired of Virginia. I'm tired of the East coast. Mm. I want to live in California. Yeah. Um, and so I looked up a school in California and there's two there and I decided I wanted to be in the Bay. And so I went and visited the school. I did That's like the San an open Francisco house area thing. for you guys who have yep. never, because <laughs> yep. I know people from the Bay area call it the Bay and people from not the Bay area or like the Midwest call it San Fran. And you never call it San Fran if you're from San Fran, but that's where it is. <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. I never thought about that, but people in Tampa call it the Bay too. So that's, that's there a good you, point. Go. Should, you know, be yeah. specific, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I went out and visited and I I just fell in love with the people and the vibe there. It's like really yeah. similar to undergrad. Like you go to the school and yeah. you're like, oh, I could see myself living here kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said before, the credentials for getting into school are also different in the different countries based on the type of degree that it is. So it really just depends on where you want to live and then honestly, what type of education you want to get. Because there are schools who believe in this philosophy of vitalism to where the whole body is connected. And what that means from a chiropractic sense is like, because your entire spine is connected, some type of issue you're having in your neck could be affecting your low back, Mm -hmm. which could be affecting your knee, which could be affecting the way that you walk. Mm -hmm. And so that type of school is considered to have a vitalistic philosophy. And then there are other schools who are more pain-based and they focus more on areas of pain and how to treat that specific area. Mm-hmm. And I feel like both are necessary within chiropractic. Yeah. It just, it, it kind of depends on how you view the human body and, yeah. um, you know, what you want your approach to be in that way. And most schools, if you research them online, like if you look up chiropractic schools or just Google chiropractic schools, when you go to their websites, they'll, they'll say, 
what their philosophy is and what they like to teach at their school. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a really easy way. And then honestly, as far as finding a job, once you graduate, there's, there's a lot of schools have forums that's like, um, like job boards and honestly, Facebook, Facebook has become so, I mean, I met you guys through Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Facebook, Facebook has become such a, a landing pad for groups. Like there's, I'm a part of two female chiropractic groups on Facebook that have like 8,000 plus people in them. And people on there all the time are posting stuff about, you know, I'm looking for an associate. Uh, I need someone to take over my practice or, wow. um, yeah, I feel like there's opportunity everywhere in that sense. It's like the internet has really made things like that easy. And yeah. then, you know, depending on where you live, there's also just the, cause in the San Francisco Bay area, there's a chiropractor, like every freaking mile on every block. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're very, very common. So for us, it was like, just go and talk to the hundreds of chiropractors that are around here and, you know, ask them if they know of anyone who's hiring or, um, if they're hiring, right. It's, yeah. uh, in an area where it's very densely populated, it's, it's quite, easy in that sense to just go in and pick people's brains nice so networking yeah. on the modern age is all about just yeah. being on facebook <laughs> and linkedin and stuff yeah, honestly yeah. and i didn't know it was gonna be like that yeah and i i've known so many friends i mean the job that i just got <laughs> in the netherlands happened because of facebook Oh my gosh, yes. So you're moving to the Netherlands. <laughs> so you and your wife are moving yeah. across the world as yeah. well. So tell us about yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so wild. Uh, so we moved here to Hawaii during COVID because my wife has always wanted to live in Hawaii. She grew up, her and her family grew up coming to Hawaii every year when she mm -hmm. was a kid. And she, it was like a lifelong dream of hers. And yeah. when COVID happened, I was practicing in San Francisco and basically our practice just like shut down essentially. And oh. so there's no one to see. Yeah. And, um, we were like, okay, well the whole world is on pause right now. What do we want to do? And honestly, it was just like, fuck it. Why don't we just move to Hawaii? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We ended up here and we weren't sure how long we were going to stay. Uh, we didn't know if it was going to be long-term or short-term or what, but we, we both were kind of after a month or so, we're just like, okay, it's really great here. Yeah. Um, but we don't know if we want to be here long-term. And then I just started thinking about, okay, like where else could we live? And we've talked about <laughs> Europe a lot and we went to, we went to Amsterdam on our honeymoon and we loved it. And we were like, okay, if there was one place in Europe that we visited on this trip that we could see ourselves living in, it would be Amsterdam. So yeah. then I was like, well, why don't I just go on Facebook and see if there's any options in Amsterdam right now? Like I'll just go around <laughs> to these different groups and you know, like <laughs> do some recon and whatever. I love um, it. That's so good. Yeah. And so, uh, I do a technique that is less like people like to say like rack them, crack them. Like, yeah. uh, I don't really, I don't do really forceful adjustments. My adjustments are very light and I focus more on the energetic side mm -hmm. of people's beings mm -hmm. than I do like the physical anatomical alignment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, this technique is called network spinal. It was created by Donnie Epstein, I believe in like the 1980s. Mm -hmm. And, um, is this what your chiropractor did with you when you were younger? No, actually good question. Hmm. He did activator methods, which is a, it's like a little tool 
it looks like a mini pogo stick. Right. And um, it's, I was actually, that was ended up being a blessing in disguise because you can change the setting on this little tool to have less force or more force. Yeah. And with the symptoms I was having, like how intense my headaches were and stuff, if someone had tried to like crack my neck, how traditional chiropractic does, mm. I think I probably would have vomited everywhere. Oh so having the more gentle approach was really, really imperative for me, yeah. I think, to my recovery, yeah. which is great because there are some people who respond really well to like high force and there's people who respond really well to low force. And there's a reason why there's over like 30 plus techniques in the chiropractic profession. Mm. And it's because they all work, right? Everyone's different. Everyone's yeah. needs are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually found out about this technique during school and a lot of it had to do with my psych background and wanting to work with people on their whole being because mm. the technique uh, kind of encompasses mind, body, soul, and spirit, like the emotional, the like every element of mm. what it means to be a human being and how we address that through the spinal cord and the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, Amsterdam, let me go find someone who practices in Amsterdam and does this technique. There's one person one practice (laughs) and I found that guy (laughs) and I messaged him (laughs) and um you found that guy it's funny because (laughs) sorry you found that guy though I mean there might be one but you found him (laughs) I sure did and honestly it's it's not that shocking because I was a part of a club in school called the World Congress of Chiropractic Students Uh and most of the schools around the world have a chapter of the the same club and once a year all the chapters meet at one school somewhere in the world and so you have over like 120 international students meeting together to talk about current affairs and politics and chiropractic Uh and the two guys who own this practice in Amsterdam were also a part of the World Congress of Chiropractic Students, they were just in it before I started school. Gotcha. And we found out that we have like a million mutual friends. So, nice. Um, Networking yeah, again. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah honestly, it was like that. All, all these layers just, just started kind of piling on top of each other. Yeah. And it was like my old boss who I worked for in San Francisco knows both of the guys that own that practice really well. So it was it was kind of like an, an easy start in in that regard. Ah, um, oh, how good. And yeah, and then everything after that was easy, like communicating with them, the contract, like everything just kind of fell into place because I feel like it was what was meant to happen. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. then I, last week or this past Tuesday, I signed a contract and I was wow. like, well, I guess we're moving to Amsterdam. And there you are. <laughs> and there That's you are. So awesome. You're so inspiring because yeah. you're such a go-getter. I love how you just like reach out to people and, and make those connections and, and just go for it anything that you want thanks I think that's a really awesome thing to take away from listening to your story is that you've really gone after things yourself and not held back yeah I appreciate that it's I I want to say it's because I'm partially an Aries and (laughs) you know it's 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 part of that like fire and that passion um but I really believe that a big piece of I mean the brain injury experience I had completely changed my life Mm. and in more ways than I can ever explain to somebody. It's like your entire reality at 18, just, I mean, it just completely changed. And when I was trying to figure out what was happening to me, a lot of doctors told me I would never graduate from college, that I'd probably have permanent brain damage, like all this really, really scary shit. And being able to come out on the other side of that 
relatively healthy and living a normal life really lit a fire under my ass, honestly, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term to just be like, okay, yes. well, I know what it's like to be literally near death. And yeah. you know, that could happen to anyone at any time. Like I'm going to do my best to live my life as intentionally and purposefully as possible for as long as I can live. Like I've basically just been giving a second, given a second chance at life, right? Like I would be an idiot not to grab that by the horns and just do what I want to do, you know, within reason. Right. So I started solo traveling. Like I was just like, fuck it. I'm just, we're just going to send it, you know? (laughs) Um, Is this how you met your wife? No, you met your wife in, in, um, the Bay area, right? Like in school. Yeah. 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 I met her, um, through mutual friend. Actually, she went to, undergrad with one of my best friends I met in chiropractic school. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Is she like that as well or we're both Aries. Okay. And, (laughs) but she is like, she is like, if you looked at an Aries on paper, like quintessential Aries, Uh that's my wife. I'm, Uh I'm a little bit more like I am that in ways as far as like my fire and my passion, but I also feel like I'm way more earthy and she's just like, she's just Aries through and through fire passion. And, you know, she loves starting projects, but doesn't like finishing them. Ah, And she'll (laughs) she'll start cleaning the house and then she does 10 other things. And then, then she's like, Oh shit, I was cleaning the house. You know, (laughs) (laughs) things, things that are really great, but, um, but she's a female founder herself. Yeah. You guys are both bosses. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what's that like? (laughs) It's interesting. You know, I mean, I love it. Like I, I am so fucking proud of her. She actually was, uh, she has a background in nutritional therapy. Mm-hmm. And then most recently she was working as a manager at Lululemon and realized that she was just over it and kind of overworking in retail. Mm-hmm. And she actually on our honeymoon, we were with a good friend of mine and, um, Lowe's my wife, Lo, she's very, very creative. And our friend was like, have you thought about designing websites for healers? And so this whole snowball affected, this was in November of last year. Mm-hmm. And she eventually got to this point where she decided she wanted to create and develop branding and web design for female entrepreneurs to help yeah. promote female entrepreneurs. Wow. That's awesome. And she so cool. like literally taught herself how to build websites from scratch Oh my God. And how to do branding from scratch. Like she did everything on her own from scratch. And so when you talk about like female founder, I'm like, yeah, okay. I went to school and I had a lot of people teach me stuff, which is awesome. But she literally dropped the money, dropped the time, invested in herself. And in less than a year, like she just officially launched her business in August, Yeah, August 1st, like six weeks ago. And she's already booked out for the rest of 2020. Wow. Uh, so good. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah. So you guys are just and like a power couple. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels pretty cool. And, um, and now you're about to be an international, an international power couple couple that's awesome that's it's, so it's cool. funny to hear you say that because to us we're just you know we're just being ourselves right but yeah, that's I awesome. think like you said before when you really when you find your passion it mm. just it I mean you know how people work it's like people say when you find your passion you never have to work a day in your life yeah that, that slogan is and yeah I agree with that and I don't because it's like if my passion is my work then I'm working every day of my life yeah right yeah and so true it just depends but yeah I mean I feel like we're both learning how to balance. We're both learning how to balance life and work. And, you know, just in, I feel like any other way that you would learn how to balance your life and work, I yeah. think um, for her right now, it's like she works from home, like her whole business is 
remote. So she's learning boundaries with that and how long she's going to allow herself to be on her computer. And that's a struggle you know, for I've had to work on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had to work on not taking work home with me. Yeah. You know, like um, if I see a patient who has something like really unfortunate going on or something really heavy, you know, making sure that I develop emotional boundaries as well, because I'm Mm. a really intense empath. And it's like, I could carry that shit with me for weeks if I let myself. So, you know, there's same, I could never be a doctor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It takes, that part is probably the biggest, the biggest practice of like understanding that you can deeply, deeply care about people and you also don't have to take on their shit. Yeah, it's hot. Wow. I, so my yeah. fun job, I was like a yoga instructor. Um, Ooh, cool. but yeah, awesome. yeah. I went and um, got certified in India and everything actually, but it was like my fun job after work for a That's while. That's incredible. Yeah. And well, but uh, people, women would get so close to me and it's like everything. It's like the voice. It's like, I'm helping them feel better about their bodies and be stronger. But then also like, uh, you know, there's something to, um, and, there's a female empowerment element to yoga, right? Mm -hmm. And a community Mm -hmm. element. But they would like tell me, I would have them come up and tell, I would be the first one they told when they were like getting divorced and stuff. And I was like, oh God, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like they would tell me really heavy shit Mm -hmm. and it's really hard. I can't imagine like being a medical professional and how how to create those boundaries. It's one thing that I've really learned is that And this is one of my favorite things about being a chiropractor or just like, so the word doctor actually means teacher. Yeah. And the thing that frustrates me about Western medicine sometimes is that I feel like Western medicine is like there to give some type of remedy or give some type of pill or give some type of something that someone's going to have to keep coming back for. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And for me as a teacher, which is like the most important thing about the oath I took when I graduated from school is that it's my job to teach and empower people to live their best life, to live their most authentic, joyful life. And it's not my job to tell them what that looks like. Right. And so by doing that, by teaching people about their incredible body and how they can heal themselves. They don't need me to do that. Right. Like I'm there to support and what's really powerful about yoga or I mean, like literally any healing modality is that when you're able to create a space that makes people feel safe and seen and heard, Mm. you will be blown away by the amount of trust that you're able to develop by Mm -hmm. literally just creating that space, right? It's not like you're trying to fix them. You're not um, giving them something that they need to keep coming back to you for, Yeah. right? You're you're laying foundation and groundwork that's literally helping them change their lives, right? And like that can be yoga, that can be anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I love about, I guess you could say like alternative healthcare, like Eastern medicine is there's this really intense power behind empowering someone to believe that the vehicle that they are in Mm -hmm. is powerful and brilliant and self-healing and self-regulating and that they don't need anything outside of them in order to have that. Like it's just innately within them. Right. Um, and so when you create that space, right, even if it's, if it's at yoga, 
someone is going to immediately have feel so much trust towards you, Mm. but they probably without even thinking about it are just like, here are all my deepest, darkest secrets and I'm going to throw them all on you. (laughs) Yes. But like you said, when you're an empath, like that would be really hard to be an empath and be a medical professional because like for me, I was just an empath naturally and a yoga instructor after work, you Mm. know, it was just like a a hobby job for me, not even my full-time thing, but just those couple classes that I taught, like I would automatically want to help them fix mm-hmm. whatever it was that they were going through or give them hope, yep. you know, like I would carry that around and, you know, it's, I could see it being quite challenging if you're a medical professional yeah. or medical freelancer, whatever you're doing. For sure. It definitely can be. And I think one thing specifically about the technique that our founder, Donnie Epstein in recent years has really started talking about is this triangle of uh, victim, hero, and villain. Mm. And mm. in the medical profession or any time in life, really, if you are someone's hero, you can also end up being their villain, mm. right? If you, if you help someone or support them through like really nasty migraines or having really bad menstrual cramps or something like that, but then one day they come in and get adjusted or you, you do whatever your healing modality is and they don't feel great after that. Mm. you might go from being their favorite person to their least favorite person. And (laughs) the hard thing with the human body is like, it's so complex that a lot of times we don't know how it's going to react to any given thing in the external environment. Um, And so Donnie wanted to get away from this concept that we could be a hero or a villain and which would then inherently make the patient a victim, right? It's like, we don't, we don't want to perpetuate that language or perpetuate people feeling like victims. Like we want to be their support team. We want to be their equal, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and thinking about it like that, it kind of takes away this pressure and responsibility to feel like I have to do something to someone else in order for them to be okay. Yeah. Instead, yeah. it's like, I'm walking the path with them. Right. Yeah. And I can hold space for whatever they're going through, but because I'm not responsible for whether or not it changes, Mm -hmm. that's, that's on them and their choices. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's responsibility is not on me. I don't, I don't have to take it, you Mm -hmm. know, and just kind of that shift in mindset definitely helped to realize that, you know, every person's health and every person's life choices are, are truly their responsibility. And I can be there to support. I can, I can show up for them. I can provide them with a space that makes them feel safe. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not, it's not my responsibility to, to make choices for them. And it's still really hard, right? Like I can sit here and say that, but it's, it's, it's still quite (laughs) difficult. Um, it just comes with practice, right? Like the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. And so I'm sure, as my career goes on, I'll get better and better at it too. And, um, I do like energy clearings on myself before I work on people Mm. to make sure that I have like an energetic bubble set around me so that I'm not unknowingly taking on other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's, there's small things you can do like that to try and cover yourself just to make sure there isn't any lingering, just yeah. Lingering stuff. Cause I I mean, you know, 95% of the universe is non-physical. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there that we can't see. And uh, so we are on our unfortunately last question with (laughs) Dr. Holly. And I, (laughs) I have something I'd love to know. Um, Okay. Our tip section. And it is, I've been working from home a lot. 
how can I practice mm-hmm. good spine and neck health oh, yes, as someone please. who's on my laptop <laughs> all the time? And yes. I'm sure many business owners and founders are, whether they're working on their brand or emailing clients or anything, but we're just always on our laptops and phones. How can we look after our spine and neck? Help us, please. <laughs> this is a really great question. So, and honestly, since COVID has started, this is like one of the main things chiropractors are talking to people out. There's videos everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. But, so what I tell people is you want to have your computer screen, the middle of your computer screen, your nose should be in the middle of your computer screen, right? Okay. Oof. And what helps with that is that your neck then isn't looking down. Ah. So you want to have that helps to keep the head level. Mm -hmm. And then from there, if my nose is in the middle of my computer screen, then my head is kind of sitting over my shoulders, which then takes a lot of stress off the the upper back and the neck. Yeah. And essentially the low back too. Like a lot of people are sitting more, so they're having more low back pain. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that is actually coming from the fact that their head is falling forward or sticking out forward. Mm -hmm. Every inch forward your head goes, it weighs 10 more pounds. So, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my head I have right really been about... fucking up. I have really <laughs> <laughs> I I'm one of those people who work with their laptop in their lap, which is the worst oh, way. No. So you're like hunched yeah. over and your head's really forward. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So right now I'm sitting on a couch and I have pillows sitting under my laptop so that ah. my screen my nose is in the middle of my screen. Gotcha. So that's a great one. Um, and so then along with that, you want to have your arms and your legs at 90 degree angles. So okay. if you're sitting at a desk, right, you want to have your arms sitting at 90 degrees because then when that happens, <laughs> your shoulders aren't rolled forward. If your if your keyboard is like really far out in front of you mm. and you're reaching for it, you can kind of feel like your yeah. shoulders rolling forward and like it kind of pulling on your back and then that pulls your head forward too. Yeah. So we're practicing this right now. Sorry, you should see us. <laughs> Good. Awesome. We're like, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> and then the legs at 90 also. And mm-hmm. it's really hard because I want to cross my legs. People want to sit in weird ass positions, especially after long periods of time because their bodies are craving a change because it doesn't want to sit anymore. Mm. Um, but having your legs at 90 degrees is the best thing possible because it keeps your pelvis balanced. Mm. A lot of times if you sit cross like with one leg over the other for an extended period of time and you have one leg that you cross over the other more than the other mm-hmm. leg, that didn't make much sense. But if you have yeah, one yeah. leg that you like crossing over the most, mm-hmm. your hips will come out of alignment on on the side that you like to cross oh no um yeah so 90 degrees with the legs and then honestly getting up and walking around for every hour that you work getting up and walking around for 10 minutes and just not being in the same position for like three hours without moving okay um because your body like will become the shape of whatever position that it's sitting in. It's mm-hmm. like paper mache. The longer you put it in that position, the more that your body and your brain is going to think that that's normal. Yeah. Oh right. So when you go to yeah. sit to like sit for dinner or something, you'll sit in that formed position yeah. if you're not. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you go to try and run or walk Oof. or 
Yeah. Yeah. Your hips are like, what the hell? <laughs> I can't move. I'm stuck. <laughs> and yeah. it's because you're stuck in the sitting position. So oh, those, those things for posture are really, really great. And yeah, getting up and walking around, making sure you're hydrated. Honestly, people don't realize how important that is, but you should be going to the bathroom every hour. Yeah. And really? drinking half your weight in body, half your body weight in ounces. Yeah. Mm. I thought I was abnormal, but guess not. <laughs> no, no, oh, honestly, good. water. Yeah, that's a big thing. More um, water. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I'm going to say seeing a chiropractor, getting massages, you know, it's we're honestly in such unprecedented times. And yeah. like that's pretty obvious in general right now. Mm. But also like. Yes, everything that everyone's actively aware of in everyday life is weird and different and no one knows what the hell's going on because no one alive has ever lived through anything like this before. Yeah. So that makes it hard in of itself. But then on top of that, you have the emotional stress, the mental stress from everything going on, and then you have physical stress from people working at home and their workstations not being the same as their actual workstations at work. And then you have people who have kids and there's so many anomalies happening that Mm -hmm. the more things you can do to help yourself be less stressed out, the better that you'll feel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And like stretching, doing yoga, you don't have to be a yogi and, you know, doing tree pose and all this shit to, (laughs) to have your body (laughs) feel better. Right. It's, it's just a matter of, paying attention to it yeah, and paying attention to what it's trying to tell you, right? Like most humans can't sit in the same position for five hours without their body giving them some type of pinging notification of like, Hey, I need you to get up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so not meant to, to sit for this long. Yeah. 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 Dude, I'm expecting my third kid and just really quickly before we go, I like in your mid thirties, late 30s sort of mid mid to late um when you're like expecting children as well like pregnant your body does something to your ligaments or releases something you probably know all about it and I don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I just learned this because like I was working all day obviously and then went to bed got up and like couldn't move like my upper back was awful yeah and I I I was hunching like my body's not responding the way that it was it's not like bouncing back because it's I've, my joints and everything are looser because they're preparing. It's preparing me for pregnancy. It's yeah, like a yeah, natu- yeah. natural, natural yep. thing. But yeah, relaxing. That's the. Thank you. That's the thing yep. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's relax the wrong sure. freaking things. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that is happening. But anyway, um, it was so so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We've enjoyed yeah, it so much. Yeah, thank you much. so much for having me. This was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with your move to the Netherlands and starting you. your independent contracting for chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We wish you guys thank all you the so best. Much. I really We're really inspired. It. And- Thank you. And I don't know if this matters, but if there's anyone on here who wants, who has any questions about anything or they want to contact me, um, my Instagram is Dr. Holly DC, like Dr. Holly DC. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I'm happy to answer questions that anyone has about anything that we talked about. So thank you. That's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. so much. All right. Have a good one, yeah. Holly. Thank you. So enjoy Bye-bye. your night. Uh, It's sort of night, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. 
we're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.